what do you know? So, you know, the announcement goes out. The Spreaker is has been a, you know, the only reason that I think I kept it was because we had a little, you know, intimate little chat uh, capability, and it kind of brought some people together, you know, super like-minded people, and it was just a good little fellowship. Uh, but they're taking that away. They offered no explanation. Uh, greetings in the name of the Most Eyes of Daniel here, and we're um, broadcasting at 3.24 a.m. New Mexico time, 4.24 Midwestern time, 5.24 East Coast time, and a ridiculous 2.24 on the West Coast. <laughs> so, you know, bottom line is it's... Uh, you know, some very interesting things going on today, but I just want to kind of sum up about Spreaker and, you know, what we put up with. Um, we've had, you know, as you can imagine, we've had, you know, we've had some sabotage behind the scenes where our uh, growth that we were, we had been growing, you know, thousands of, we got up to about 7,500 listeners and then but the growth pattern was clear, you know, it'd be like a, a thousand a month or so, and it was doing a good job. Then it got cut due to a uh, somebody complaining about us, and they never restored it. They just let it be cut right there, and that was the end of it. So we could never really monetize. We couldn't do anything. We were just being forced out. So I, just, I decided to stay. But that was like the first thing where I saw they were corrupt. Do you know what I mean? Like they they would do something like, um, well, I don't know. Wh- whoever complained must have had a whopper of a complaint. But still, you you know, you find out from the other side. There's always two sides. You know what what's going on, and and, and I I suppose uh, I don't think we deserve to have a you know a five year sentence or be put in jail for five years because it would have been you know it wouldn't. You know, it, it, it's okay. And now, now that I'm actually talking about this, I just thought it was redirecting. So now your stream's being interrupted. And uh, so they're just being bastards. Okay. So they're going to be like that. The sooner I move now, the better. Right. And unfortunately, I'm paid up through 111, 2025. But I, I just, if, even if I can't get a refund, I just want out. I, I don't want to be here. I've, Realize the toll on me rather than taking an easier way or just, you know, not really taking offense. So I just kept thinking if I hung out with Spreaker and they could see we were an ongoing podcast and we're more popular than most of their podcasts, that they would cut us some slack and they never did. You know, we also have this with, um, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody has this with, uh, you know, any movies we produce or anything, we get the same the same people claiming to be Christians attacking us with the distributor or with the whoever. And uh, so it makes, it gives us a double, triple, quadruple burden. We know that. There's nothing new there. I just want to know that at the end of my life, I've, ran, I've run the race. You know what I mean? That I did that I that I kicked ass, didn't take the easy way out, and that I ran the race, uh, 
and hung in there despite every piece of evidence you could have that you should leave, that you're being mistreated. And, and that I would hang in there and finish the job. You know, and that, and that that would make me feel like I could die. You know, it doesn't matter. In fact, the more the other people pile on, the better my satisfaction becomes then in the end. And if you look at some of the big broadcasters, podcasters who, who speak more universally or they speak, they're, they're more of a, I don't know, like a news service. I'm not sure what you would call them, but they're all out there now. There's a ton of broadcasters. But you see how they've been deplatformed, debanked, and all the, the D everything. And, you know, we get the same thing. We, we've actually gotten complaints since Prophecy Wars was going in 1993, I mean 2003. And then, um, you know, even before that. So that they've, they've started up, and, and they're in the business of character assassination, which nobody that follows Jesus should be in that business. So it's, it's just, so there you go, and those are the people. And those are the people that we, unfortunately, they, they send to us or we attract, you know, at, at going forward and just like I'm a lone voice in the wilderness. And, and even little old me, you know, they send people after to, you know, and they do this to everything, to, to everything and everyone. You know, and uh, it's made it... Um, challenging but i realize now the goal is not to win the goal is to survive and to be able to say at the end of the day you stood your ground you hung in there you did it they 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 sent the big witchcraft they sent the big you know diseases they sent the hospital stays they sent, they sent it all oh yes and uh but they also existed in many other places. They exist in many places. They're everywhere. And they can throw these things at you. And they, and they do that. And they just want you dead. And they're just... They have no standing. They're not human. They should not be treated or accorded that. Whatever it was that made them human... Perhaps it was a, a day 10, 15 years ago. They had given up in selling their souls to the dark side so that they could get power to ruin people that they were jealous of or envious of. And it's all about envy. That's all it is. It's just envy and jealousy and witchcraft, you know, thrown together. You know, the same thing. We never talked about my daughter that much, but I mean, it was the same thing where you had people taking, trying to take claim to her death as a way of getting at me. Oh, yes. Let's not forget that, shall we? And, you know, but, but that time, in 2018, I was already, my eyes were so open by then, I, I, nothing surprised me then. You know, I, I was ready to say it looks like the Christians are the worst people on earth, and they should be eradicated. They're like the worst people on earth. They're, they're as bad as, 
you know, the Muslims or the, you know, the, the warring Muslims, the terroristic Muslims, whatever, or whoever else they complain about. They're just, you know, they, they, you know, they, they put all these uh, you know, judgmental things about, um, you know, if you listen to rock and roll, you're, you're, the devil's got you by the balls and you're going to go to hell and all that. Well, you know, I mean, they're basically setting that up. They're basic, then they are the devil then. Setting it up so that if you do something that they don't approve of, listen to the wrong kind of music, then you will put yourself in hell because you've been programmed by them to go to hell in the name of Jesus. And so that's what all the screaming is about. There are no innocent Christians. That's the other thing. I'm just innocently going along on my life with Christ. And out of nowhere, super unfairly, I got treated like this or like that. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I'd say, are you kidding me? Or what, are you a shell? Are you batting for the other side? Are you a devil worshiper, buddy? What the hell's your, what, what, what's your, there's one guy that had a podcast, a surfing podcast. He goes, what's your claim? What's your claim, dude? You know, this sort of adolescent uh, lifestyle you got going on of, you know, trying to trip people up that are trying to do something meaningful with their lives or straighten out their drinking or straighten out their, their sin life because they heard that Jesus came to free sinners from bondage, slavery, and hell. So they thought that would be a good thing to go to. And then they meet you. What the hell's your excuse? Answer, you don't have one. You're, you're batting for the other side. You're trying to make that man go to hell. Or woman, whatever, go to hell. You know, fall. Or let's really face what it really means. Become dependent on you. Become needy for your approval so that they can get on the nice side of some kind of uh, established Christian to feel like they're kind of in the club with Jesus when in actuality you're just a big wall, a big block, a big nothing, a big bully. Okay? So that's what we deal with at the Zephyrport. And when we came out, I just remember, gosh, I remember so fondly those days. Yeah, boy, that was something thinking back then. I remember we had a, we still had our house in, in uh, Sherman Oaks up on the hill. And it was, you know, a nice, nice place. Too crowded. People right breathing down your neck. Gang stalking off the charts. You know what I mean? You had, you know, shining the lights and the, the spotlights in, you know, stopping, you know, with with a van full of maids, you know, pretending to be a cleaning crew when they go in your house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I think we know something about that. By the way, Jay Dyer, uh, one of uh, Alex's minions, he uh, he put it out there that, you know, if you if you... You know, I'd sort of try to reach out to him to talk to him about a couple of his books. And I hear him start announcing that if you believe in this, the gang stalking is real, don't contact him. 
So he must be, have been putting a pre-message out to me. Don't contact him. I put a little message on my Facebook that said, well, at this point at least, you can look at your life and look back and prove that the gang stalking with the, the supernatural aspect, of course, which is the only aspect, um, it's all real. It was all real. Well, you bet it was, man. It was all real. It's been real. You weren't crazy. But look at how mommy and daddy and brother and sister and aunts and uncles and, and bosses at work and blah, 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 blah almost come out of the woodwork to make you feel insane. All part of the game. And yet Jay Dyer says, publicly, publicly, over his, his, his little airwave, he says, don't contact me because you're a liar or you need help or you need a, a shrink. You know, the same thing. In other words, marginalize people like who have been through something like we have. I've been through this, that whole thing since teenage, my teenage years. Or even, I mean, when I became aware of it, I guess even before that, but I mean the teenage years especially. And, um, you know, I remember uh, fighting this thing for all that time. And to have someone diminish my life and say, you don't exist, don't contact me, you're a nutcase, or whatever, shows that everything that that idiot teaches is bullshit, he gets books, he reads the books, and then he, then, he, then he regurgitates the books back to you on a podcast about what H.G. Wells said, or what Aldous Huxley said, or what, uh, you know, what some of these shapers of the, of the, quote, world order, or what Adolf Hitler was about, or what, you know, the, the philosopher like Nietzsche might have said, or, or whatever. All the kind of shit that you would do if you went to college and went and got into a senior philosophy class, you'd sit around talking about all this stuff all day. That's all you talk about, right? Ain't no big deal. And everybody reads all the books. And where he acts like he's the only one that reads a book. I'm just, you know, do we need this? See, this is what has gummed up the works. And, you know, there's still people, oh, well, that may be a flaw, but he's still got some good points, so I tune in and listen. I have never heard him deliver on a good point. Other than the usual drift of, you know, God good, Satan bad. Other than that, I don't know what you're talking about. Evil bad, good good, you know. And uh, it's kind of uncanny. I, I just The only reason I mention that is because I used to really enjoy, like a lot of times I'd be driving, We'd be driving on a Friday afternoon. Great time to drive, anticipating landing and setting up a camp and you know, setting up the RV and whatever. And, you know, and, and so the, I would listen to uh, you know, the big shows. And at that time, InfoWars had on, uh, who do they have on? Nick Begich. I always liked listening to him. I didn't always agree with what he said, but he was just such a gentle soul. He's such a, 
an earnest seeking soul. He was just really what I needed to hear. And um, I don't know what ever happened to him, but he, he kind of disappeared from there. And then there was Stu Peters after that. And I like him. Got no problem with him. He's very fervent. And then there's this Jay Dyer guy, the book regurgitator. And th- th- he doesn't do much more than that. He doesn't really, you know, come forth with his own ideas so much as he's just trying to educate you, the stupid public, um, you know, one, how smart he is, and two, uh, you, you know, how we got in the place we're in based on the writings of people who wrote over the uh, centuries about this splendid new world order or this global slavery. And uh, I was just telling Trish today that, you know, a lot of, you know, that this is really just kind of like, I mean, I sum it up by just saying it's all Nazi stuff. It's really a Nazi program because the influence there was Nietzsche, you know, the philosopher who wrote about the supermen. You know, to be a superman, overcome all this stuff, you know, and with science. You know, the technocratic society of supermen and the final solution and the advent of the Fourth Reich. And all of it makes tremendous sense. That's what they're all really going for. And if you keep it simple like that, you won't get lost on it. You know what I mean? It will stay consistent. It will, it, you'll see how it unfolds. you go, oh, yeah, I just was reading Mein Kampf, and this is in there, and reading a little bit of this kind of stuff, and that was in there. And, you know, I, I see how this connects and that connects, and, and you know, and, and the fact that they're able to do it. Because one might think, you know, how did, how did the Nazis get such control and power? Well, the one thing is they couldn't have done it without America, and now you're seeing, you're seeing, you know, um, sort of a redo re- regarding Russia and the Ukraine, and it, 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 you should be prepped and ready for this. This is textbook right now, right? And the whole goal is to, you know, for more depopulation is to lead it into World War III, go into chaos, and then order out of chaos. And that will be the um, that will be their uh, the you know the, the one option. But they all, they're always playing several. But this idea of pushing uh, Putin into a nuclear World War III by uh, putting NATO troops on the ground, and you know the fact that they just they won't quit, even though the war is lost, Ukraine lost, they don't care. They'll just they're Nikki Haley. They're just going to keep going. Even though she got her butt kicked at the at these by Trump at the uh, primaries, they've decided uh, it doesn't matter if we've lost. We're not going to declare a, a loss. We're going to just keep going anyway. In fact, since there are no more Ukrainians left, we're just going to move the U.S. military in there. The U.S. military against Russia will lose because the U.S. is the evilest. I mean, you know, right? The, you know, compared to to Putin's Russia, the U.S. is just pure shit. That's just the way it is. You know, I mean, it's not like I'm a Russian sympathizer, but God is not illegal. Promoting, you know, you, you know what, what's uh, 
uh, the you know you know, pedophilia on children is not legal, like it is here. It's completely legal here. This idea that oh, we got to go after these human traffickers. No, we don't. There are the, the traffickers is that's legal. That's the norm. The trafficking of children, and especially the murder of children, is legal in America. Murdering children is legal. Murdering homeless people is legal. Murdering anyone that's disenfranchised is legal. Murdering Christian, white Christian males is completely legal. It's all legal, man. Completely legal. Assaulting people, uh, taxpayer citizens on the street that did nothing wrong to anyone, assaulting them, killing them, no problem, totally legal. You're, you're out in a couple of days, you're out on your own. But in terms of children, the goal is uh, maximum, um, you, you know, garnering of children, as many as possible. And then, you know, some are trafficked, some are sacrificed. And, you know, they, they, have, they have, like the cartels, for example, they're all Satan worshipers, so they need a good supply of human to dismember and sacrifice and spread around Juarez and other towns to scare people into obedience. So that's completely legal with Obrador, the uh, president. No one even bats an eye. Why are we going around saying, well, this is illegal. You can't do this. Of course they can do it. It's completely legal. It may not say so on the books, but they don't go by the books anymore. So what you should be saying is, um, no, I don't like it. I've gathered together a posse, and we're going to go after them. But she won't do that, because before you ever even get to that point, the, the goons will come in and arrest you, and you'll be in uh, probably in federal prison for the rest of your life. And that's exactly where we are. You're screwed, dude. Completely screwed. And that's why people are not gathering together to overthrow the evil system, because it's, it's so insidious at this point. It's everyone, everywhere, your neighbor, your friend, your, your kids. Everyone's involved. All the kids know what's going on. Kids 14 know what's going on. They all know. It's a, just a horrible, horrible time. You know, in terms of lawlessness, it's, it's, uh, if, if what you like is lawlessness, then this would be your time. But don't ever think that trafficking children, women and children for sex and um, ritual abuse and murder. Don't think that that's illegal. Please, we got to enforce the laws on that one. No, 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 there are no laws. It's like, it's like Trump, he's got $350 million judgment on him. And everything they did was illegal in the old world. But in this world we're in now, Everything they did to him was legal, and you have the top scholars, the top legal scholars, you know, Alan Dershowitz's and people like that, saying, well, they shouldn't do it, but they, they, but they're, but, but they got away with it because it's legal. You know, so my definition of what is legal is whatever they can get away with is legal. If they can do something and then there will be no enforcement of the law, then it's legal.
then there is no law. And so what they've done is just opened up, a, you know, the, uh, basically the main street of hell. And that's, that's what you have. And, you know, they're just, you know, like I say, they, they love going after people. It's, but now they're going after people based on their skin. Now they're going after people based on uh, division, you know, ideological division, like people who like Biden or, or, or who don't like him versus like him. And that, you know, one side gets to be thrown in jail or killed and the other side gets to live. And basically all the money that they are, that are stored up and all the taxpayer money, that goes to immigrants. And if you say they're illegal, then you go to jail. And that's the end of it. So that's where this is heading. Do you see anyone that's going to stop it? Right? If it's going to play out, I would, I would say that it will play out for the next 30 years. Because you have people that insist that Russia is basically evil and is trying to destroy the American democracy, a beautiful system, along with the MAGA infiltrators and traitors who need to all go to jail or be executed for treason. So, and they've convinced themselves that they're right. They have convinced themselves that these people are traitors and that if they could, they would, you know, destroy the people in charge. So the people in charge are saying, let's preemptively get them and make sure that doesn't happen. Makes sense, right? They're going for their own survival. And then that's backed up by the fact that the lawfare that they do sticks. It'll, you know, and then the next thing they're going to do is they're going to uh, uh, blame the Supreme Court if they get the case, you know, of Trump's buildings or whatever it is. And they're going to say, you know, if you, uh, if you, if you let Trump off the hook, we're going to take over the Supreme Court and stack the court because the other side's not going to do anything. So we're just going to burn you to the ground and we're going to kill you all because who's going to do anything about it? No one. And that's, I, I would impress, I'd love for people to realize that are still living about a decade behind the times. You need to move up about a decade and realize we're, it's, we're, it's, we're in it. We're in the middle of it. We're, we're up to our eyeballs in it. It wasn't like, oh, it's coming. A really dark thing is coming. Uh, uh, it couldn't be darker than what it is right now. Oh, you could have more death. You could, have, you, could, you could sweep up the cities with nukes, I guess. But it won't, that wouldn't be more dark necessarily. More carnage. More destruction. And then once they get to the point of pulling down the last statue of George Washington and all their other brilliant moves that they make and out of their sheer genius uh, and, and, and zeal for, 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 the, for having a good life and sharing that good life with uh, brothers and sisters everywhere. And after they get all that, they don't know how to build. Then they need you again to build it for them. 
so they can be arrogant in your hallway. So they can dance around and make you feel like you're inferior and they're superior. So they can start playing their games with you about, you know, what you've got to do to, to be acknowledged and accepted rather than just uh, the poor guy over in the corner, the wallflower over there who can't seem to get anywhere, no matter how hard he works. Huh? It's so implacable. No, hello, 35 people to the 35. I've got 35 comments there, but uh, it's, you're, you're up at, at seriously, I've got to give you credit. It's not even 4 a.m. yet. It's not even 4 a.m. But um, yeah, I was having trouble breathing today. I, it, it may be something going around or it may just be my condition. And I was at the um, hospital yesterday dealing with uh, this stuff. They did this huge blood test. I mean, there's like hundreds of entries uh, that they got from one blood. You know, they took several vials of blood. And uh, trying to get to the bottom of this uh, anemia, kidney, uh, energy, lungs, heart thing. And one of the problems I've got is like, is like um, it's sort of like people report on sleep apnea. You know, they just suddenly they can't breathe and they wake up suddenly like, oh, I need a breath, you know. And with mine, it's a little different. It's more like um, I'm not catching my breath. And then I'm starting to real think to realize part of this has to do with the environment, with these chemtrails. They've been hitting us with you know a tremendous amount of chemtrails. So I'm I'm. Uh, but anyway, I'm at. Uh, I had to you know before I go cutting my nose off and you know doing this confabulistic uh, nightmare of nightmare horrors of death, destruction of the world via the hospital system. Uh, I was in there dealing with a uh, referral to a hematologist. And they usually look for, you know, blood cancer and they look for, you know, anemia. They, they, they trace the blood. And so I'm hoping, you know, they can um, shed some light on this uh, fatigue situation. And, and it said something interesting yesterday. It said something like... Um, how the infection that I had can take as that as we're dealing with that that's taking down the kidneys then that's taking down the energy then that's causing anemia because what we have to fight it with is as destructive as the disease itself and I think it's called something myosin which is um, there's only one antibiotic that can handle an infection a staph infection so, uh, and then I told him also about how it came back one day, and he said, well, you know, he said, it's like cancer. You know, it can, you can be in remission, and then, you know, you can have another round of it out of nowhere. And so that, that was helpful. You know, I'll accept that as a, uh, just a risk of being alive and being, being, you know, a senior citizen. Um, but, uh, I'm feeling a lot stronger. My, my legs are, I'm still not walking, but I am, I'm, I'm doing a little bit better. 
you know, it's a slow climb to build those muscles back kind of in my legs. So I'm still needing the wheelchair and the, the um, and help, you know, which is, which, you know, makes me, there's a lot of things I used to do, I used to take for granted. And now suddenly being, you know, handicapped, I'm like, gee, that's really no fun compared to, you know, I really don't like it. But it's it's it is you know there's the only way out of this thing is just going to be to attack it head on with you know every as many health considerations as I can and to to try to weigh all the evidence of everything and and just move forward and um, you know I, I as opposed to when I'm tired which happens intermittently throughout the day I get tired like I've just, I've got to go to bed you know and then. An hour later, I bounce up, and I got about a half hour, 45 minutes of good energy, and then, bing, gone. And uh, so it's it's been um, one hell of a fight. I guess God saved the, the, the big fight, that, right, the cage match for the end. Because, I mean, it's been months of fighting this devil, this, well, I hope you never meet this one, but you know some disturbing facts? is that these infections, like the MRSA, which is what I w- was fighting, and, and it never really goes away. You know, they live in the hospital, and the, hall, the MRSA's up and down the halls, and it's everywhere. Everyone that goes to the hospital and leaves ends up with, you know, it, 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 it may not manifest itself, but it's there, you know, everywhere. And it's just really nasty in that there's only one antibiotic in the world that can actually do anything, and it destroys your kidneys. So it's, it's um, you know, it, it's, a, uh, it's a battle. So you take that and then you take the holistic approach and you try to, you know, blend them kind of together in a way. You know, and, and do what's absolutely necessary. Like, for example, without antibiotics, I'd be dead. So did them and lived. And sometimes I get the impression that I'm really dead. And, and people are... I'm in a dimension where I'm interacting with people, but that's not the, re- the that is not uh, that's not their real selves. That's you know sort of like a an aftermath. And as time's going on, they're becoming distant from me. And part part of it is I just don't have the energy to. I've been owing uh, Govinda a call for for almost two weeks now. And every time I get ready, uh, the energy goes. You know, and it's it's like that with several people, and then following up with people, getting back to people, business. I mean, it's uh, it's really something what can happen to you. But uh, the staph infections, like MRSA and, and and others, sepsis in the hospital, it's common. I didn't realize how common it was. It sticks into your nose. Yeah, it's in your nose. And you, you just, you, you know, so, so knowing that, you know, you got to, what, what caused it? Believe it or not, it's the hospital environment that sort of foments it, that, that, that encourages it. And uh, the hospital is, one of the doctors told me, one of the pulmonary guys told me, he said, look, this is the dirtiest place on earth. Go home to recover after my surgery, which I had a collapsed lung. So I 
And that was MRSA. The infection did that. You know, so, so it's nasty stuff. But in, in a hospital, a lot of those diseases, they grow there. They live, they live in there. They live up and down those hallways. So that's one reason to look at it as it, it was suspiciously. And then there's another aspect that's supernatural that I can't really get into because it's just, I don't have the foundational story to be able to relate it to you and what it means. I have no idea what it means. It means there are ancient civilizations around. Right? That's, and it's like you bat an eye. It's like, what? What are you talking about, Zev? There's, you know, there's, there's ancient stuff around. And some of the principalities in high places are things like hospitals, houses of Congress, or, you know, or, or the governor. Places like, you know what I mean, that have a history. And, uh, you know, I'll think about Europe, old Europe, and some of the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the ruins of the, the Middle East, and things like that, you know, that have a history. And there's, uh, you know, the spiritual realm is alive and well. And there are people that tend to it. And, yes, like the UFO thing, when people get too close or know too much, they wind up dead. Just like a guy like Phil Schneider, they wind up dead. You don't see any activism about UFOs because that goes to the heart and soul of the very thing they're trying to conceal. So they can't have it, thanks. They can't have it. And they can't have any of it. I'm surprised Stephen Greer is still out there. I guess as long as they're New Agers... Right, and they've exed, they've exed yeah. out. Jude. A lot of these new agers are coming around my to say hello to me. You know, maybe because they they see I make films or I don't know, you know, stuff that that they would approve of. Let's say. Uh, I'm into making. I'm, oh, I haven't even gotten going yet. We have to become a machine. But anyway. Um, what I've noticed about them lately, and this would be the Gaia bunch, you know what I mean? They're, they kind of dress like rock stars and wave at the moon. You know, it's sort of a, you know, high-tech witchcraft. I don't know, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying. And they're coming around a little bit. And they're talking Jesus. Just talking Jesus, just, it's new for them. They weren't doing that 10 years ago. So I find that to be an interesting... Have you seen that trend out there? You go, that's ah, not the same Jesus. That's some kind of new age Jesus. Well, but I mean, they're starting to bring it in. You know, they're starting to bring God... And some of them are going, well... I mean, I remember that one guy that, that one... Is there anybody that's in the presentation business that's putting on podcasts or anything else that's actually decent? As, as a human being, you know, on and off the stage, you know. <laughs> so they're all talking about God now. 
all the new agers. They're, they're not saying, I pray to the universe and the universe gives it to me. I sacrificed a, a goat or a lamb to the universe. Next thing you know, I got a new Ferrari. You know, I mean, that sort of shit. I, you know, it's like, like, like Hollywood shit. It's hard to take Hollywood. You know, Hollywood used to make great movies. And I mean, it was a treat to go to the movies. It was a big deal. And now that's been eclipsed by uh, the fact that cinema went global. And a lot of the great movies and great series and things like that are coming out of Finland and Spain. And, you know, just places you would not necessarily expect. And, uh, you know... um, the, 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 the studio system got bought up by a company like Netflix. Well, Netflix originally, they used to send you CDs, you know, DVDs. And a lot of times they were scratched and they, you know, you had to overcome that scratch thing, but they would send you this DVDs and you would, you know, order them, they would send them and then you, you know, you go home and binge watch your, you know, whole you know, eight, CD, eight, eight DVDs on some series like, you know, 24 or something. So, I mean, that's how it all started. And now these co- companies became streamers, and then they took over. So they're as much gatherers of cinema products, you know, movies that are made out there. And they buy them. Right, and they they make them as well, and they have a combination. They have big libraries, and then what they're doing now, the new thing. And this is—I don't know if it's good or bad, but it seems bad. Is they're starting up free channels, like Tubi and Freevee, and all you know, all these Freevee is Amazon, but they have commercials there, and all your favorite movies are there. You just have to put up with the commercial, you know, but they're throwing everything on freebie. They're going back to network TV with commercials. That's what they've done. And the studio can be anywhere. You can have a studio in, you know, in, in, in Mumbai. You can have a studio in, you know, Paris. You can have a studio in you know, South Africa. You can have a studio anywhere, you know, that, that has stages and sound sets, you know, sound stages and, and sets and different things. And so it doesn't, you know, there's no constriction anymore of, you know, the Hollywood set and they go out to Lancaster, you know, to, to you know, film, film out there at Death Valley or, you know, the Mojave Desert uh, to get some, uh, you know, authenticity into their cowboy and Indian thing. And 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 now it you know they could actually do the authenticity. They don't need to be. There's no problem going anywhere doing anything, because the technology has made things light, you know, good to go. And uh, so things have really changed. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing if you like art, as I do. You know, um, and now I'm talking about the real stuff here. To where you you would go to a film class, let's say, and they would screen the film, and then they would start talking about it, and you never 
you've seen the film 10 times and you never saw any of the things they talked about. One one would be like a master class on Stanley Kubrick and Kubrick's need to have eyes shooting up at the ceiling right before a character is about to be killed. Or when a character is in in the major flux of his you know, screen career uh, in that particular film. Like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, for example. Okay, and then and then having a whole class on that. And learning these different things of, you know, of, uh, you know, screenwriting, um, the, the kind of dialogue. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of just sassy dialogue at all. Save that for the theater. But when it starts becoming cinematic, now you got my attention. And that means, you know, the use of, well, one thing I can say, may, I may be falling from my original talent because I had a lot of talent. But then through the, you know, gang stalking, through the years, through all the troubles and through the, all the opposition, it, a lot of things got beaten the hell out of me just because I exist and I breathe. So therefore I have to be destroyed. I'm sure there are some of you that understand that, what I just said. I exist and I breathe, therefore they need to destroy me. But life is so much better when you're dead, Z. Yes, I understand. It's a real clusterfuck then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh well tell that to you know joe blow down the street bottom line is along with culture goes the arts gone so you know people will recommend films and you know they'll say oh this has got good dialogue or this has got good good cinema good scenes you know good camera work good this and that and it and it very well may, but not compared to some of the very lyrical, poetic, amazing. Even even like like a show that we've watched that, that me and Larry have watched. I guess it's for an inspiration of something we haven't done yet. But uh, we watched. Um, is it the deep? Not Catherine Deneuve, but it was uh, had Nick Nolte in it and a bunch of actors. And um, the I'm not really prepared to talk about it because I just don't have my sheet here of all the credits. But the thing is, it was just a B movie written by novelist Peter Benchley, you know, about. Um, a, a mad scramble for for treasure, but the treasure was drugs uh, from a, from a sunken ship, okay, in the Caribbean, and all the things that it, it got involved in, and and there were a couple of scenes there. That I'm not going to go into it too much, but it was like the real shit, you know what I mean, the real stuff, and um, mm, you know, and and when you know what it is it's a delicious meal 
It's just like seeing, you know, great art. Great art doesn't mean the biggest painting in the room and just it's got the biggest, you know, sort of airbrush techniques of anyone and the richest colors and wow, look at that. That's just to me that would be commercial art. You know, logos. But fine art is what movies used to be. And the difference, I think, is they've gone more from fine art kind of to an almost, um, not art, but but sort of a, a journeyman storyteller slash documentary approach, even on fiction films. And that's why those of us who have been around since those days have, we don't jump at these films. Now, when I'm saying The Deep, it was... Again, just remembering it came out in the 70s and had this model, you know, this famous, not, who is that, who is that woman that was in, not Julie Christie, but, well, you know, from that era, a very young Nick Nolte and it had uh, some, some, some real interesting, I think Taylor Hackford directed it and he did some scenes telling a story from underwater about this competition for the sunken ship all underwater with like spear guns trying to spear each other and stuff like that. He told a good portion of that story without one piece of dialogue. It was beautiful. It was, it was visual poetry. And yet it was just a B-movie. It was just like a, you know, let's go to the matinee. Okay, hey, the deep. Oh, that, that looks sexy. And you know what I mean? And it was definitely sexy and steamy and you know kind of like uh the novels that uh they used to write for um you know joan collins novels <laughs> they used to write for like you, you know for you take you know the the women would take it on the cruise it's all pornographic and they're, they're acting like they're actually reading literature you know what I mean? uh, oh boy but anyway so a lot of these techniques of um, what people can do with film. You know, of course, big examples would have been like a guy like David Lynch, you know, would be like a big example of uh, using a lot of expression uh, to tell the story, and then there'd be others who be, wouldn't be so, you know, brash and loud. Da- David Lynch also has done very straightforward films, you know, just very... You know, but you wouldn't think there's any kind of auteur thing going on. But anyway, and that doesn't mean there wasn't. Uh, in film schools, they would always show you things like, uh, you know, some near near hits, the near masterpieces like Badlands and films like that. And uh, I noticed somebody, I noticed one of our guys was watching uh, Being There. Yeah, that's kind of a funny thing. It's uh, with Peter Sellers from a Jersey Kaczynski novel, which is uh, which was one of the better things that we produced in America. And those days are gone too. I remember, you know, long ago in the days, everyone would drop ass and go to the Pacific Cinerama Dome on Hollywood Boulevard to watch, you know, a space odyssey. Right, and to get you know to to use drugs to go further in the psychedelic realm of what might have been started by the filmmaker, 
so there was all this connection between art and film and and uh and it was normal um you know and and then you had other finely crafted just just stories that really were very disturbing um and and and, and so now what we have is stories that will bend the knee toward um political correctness or well it changes every day but it's mainly i guess it's mainly we only want one kind of people on earth and if you're not in that category then you can just go die so that's acknowledged now uh, diversity equity and inclusion you know so that you know wokeism so now that has to be evident there so that is an automatic death curse on all movies that's what happened to um, Christopher Nolan. No, no, I mean, it was fine. He, he cast, you know, uh, in Tenet, um, uh Denzel Washington's son. And I forget his name. Was it Isaiah Washington or something? Whatever, you know. Uh, and, and that was fine. But the film, it failed. The, the, something missing. And then he did Oppenheimer, and then that that and that that solidified it. That was like okay, so you know, the, this era is over. Um, the same thing with um, David Fincher doing uh, a Michael Fassbender film, uh, Killer, on premiering on Netflix. Absolute disaster. It was almost like a bad documentary. And you know they pull, they quietly pulled it. They didn't want people to see it because I mean it would be harmful to Fassbender's career for one thing. He's like a one of the top actors in Ireland, out of Ireland, and um, you know they're trying to smooth the way. I think they think he's got Academy Award potential, uh, you know, for the future, and so they're you know trying to smooth the way. But the Academy Awards isn't what it used to be. I mean, nothing is what it used to be. So why is it that these films are lacking um, poetry, art, lacking all these elements that were just so common? Not, and the answer is, um, it, it, uh, for the big budget movies, it really just depends on what the focus groups say and conforming to that. And so they're not going to spend extra time getting an auteur director. That just means more money being, you know, pushed down the toilet. So you, the consumer, are not going to have to probably go into other languages, you, you know, with subtitles, to, 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 to get your... If, 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 if quality was your thing, that's where you've got to go now. Other countries haven't forgotten Hollywood's contributions. They still are, are, you know, vying for those brass rings, and America will let them have them. They'll be allowed to, 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 to excel as long as America doesn't. This place is just to be like, one woman said, look, I didn't come to America to work. 
you know, I came here to party. And, you know, my children are why they give me money. And they give the, the children so much money, we got more than we need. So I'm partying. And that's what the, you know, most of the immigrants have that attitude. They're not coming here to work. We discovered them at Waco, Texas. And uh, when we asked them, what are you doing down here? They were training them. They were having little classes. They said, we don't have to tell you that. So it was an NGO. They, so the NGO was training these. They had them all put up in the Marriott down there in Waco. And uh, they, they all were being trained. They all had new clothes. They all had little bags with new swag and stuff in it. And they're all being taken somewhere. It was just uh, uh, amazing to me. This program, they've now taken over hotels. So the hotel is, is completely, the label's gone. The Marriott sign is gone. Courtyard's gone. Hampton Inn's gone. And that's off the label. And now they're just there to process the illegals. And they're going to finish. Because, after all, you don't want to be nuked, right? You don't want to go up against the military-industrial complex, so you're going to keep your mouth shut. Uh, one thing is for sure, though, everything is setting the stage, and yes, the stage will be set for the one-world government, which the one-world religion, which is coming, which of course involves us. And but why even talk about the Antichrist when the Antichrist is you? The spirit of this Antichrist is throughout the entire culture. Everywhere. It begins with narcissism. It's about me. It's psychopathology. You get in my way, I'll kill you. There's no consequences. I can do what I want. Well, do what I want is the Antichrist spirit. I'll show no restraint. You know, I'll do what I want when I want. If there's not enough money, I'll take it. There is no consequence. So, to change those kind of attitudes around, I'm not sure what exactly has to happen. I know that there's a lot of people that are awake, way further awake than what they wanted. And therein lies the hope that these people will have the courage to stand up not just kick the can down the road. I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's clear what it is. It's a spiritual battle. It's, it's with walls, divisions, rules, uniforms, the whole bit. It's just you can't see it. You can't, it's coming from another dimension, so you're not going to be able to go, oh, look. No, it's, it's, you have to look in the spirit. And, you know, just judging from my own um, happy exploits, I can tell you this, they mean business. And uh, if you find yourself in a situation like a hospital or whatever, 
you're going to have to play the game a little bit or that's a good way to wind up dead. You know what I mean? It's like it's kind of like a, a prison sentence in a way. You're being observed from many angles. And uh, you're looked at as a big side of beef, a big bone-in ribeye. So, you know, you've, it's, it's just it's, it's amazing. I don't really even have to explain that much about what, uh, what this whole thing has become. People see what it's become, but they, they keep thinking like this is 1995. Friends, it's not 1995. It's not... We're, we're not back there. We're up here. And, and you know, they're bludgeoning us. And it's going to take some kind of response from you. I don't know. I, I know that now if you make any response, you go to prison. I understand that w- would that be worth giving up your freedom for? You've got to choose your battles. Of course you do. Of course you have to go by the unction of the Lord or it's all going to be a failure anyway. No one is saying you've got to be Rambo here. But there does have to be some kind of acknowledgement that this is not the time we were in in the 90s or the 2000s or the even 2016. This is a different time. Historically and every other way. And the people that are getting a, a taste of uh, the corruption right now, the NGOs, the free hotels, and everything else free, get your money for nothing and your chicks for free, it's going on. You think they want to give this up? Once they've found this honey, honey uh, the land of milk and honey here, you think they want to give that up? So it's going to take, and, and nobody here that we saw who was being trained for whatever, for battle, nobody here that we saw uh, wanted to go back home. Of course not. They were all into it. And yet you understood that they, you know, their needs were few. But they were being exceedingly uh, satisfied. Though they didn't need that much, it all became kind of like a great gift at a, a wonderful birthday party. And then they were set loose to become the guards, the police, the people guarding the, the realm. These people are, you know, trained to guard the politicians that the public may not like because they're going to do some dastardly things and they know the public won't like it and instead of getting run over by, you know, and run through by pitchforks, they got these blokes there. And they're going to be the line of defense. So it would be as if Red Dawn, the parachutes already came. Right? They're already here installed. And a lot of people are renegades to it, but they're still living in their apartments and their houses, even though they're still 
you know, anathema or a renegade, someone that's not completely down. They had a they had a um, a reporter that was going along the line of uh, the immigrants, the illegals, um, asking, "Well, who are you going to vote for?" I vote for Biden. 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 Every one of them. They're not one dissenting view. Every last one of them. And, and to pick any line. Any group of these people, you pick them and ask them, who are you voting for? Biden. Biden. Biden, take care of us. Biden, give us things. Biden, set us up. You know, you know, we worship Biden. 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 Anyone that doesn't want Biden, we kill. That's the implicit thing. The, the part that they don't say out loud, but you can tell that's exactly what they mean. Okay, so we warned back in 2010, 2016, 2007, 2000, 2003, 2004, and then every point in between. Daily warned about this. The warning was not heeded, folks. We also predicted that no one would heed the warning, and they didn't as predicted. But that's not what I predict for the future. When it's about done, meaning about too late, they will heed. When the apartment building is burnt to the ground, the job's gone, car's burned up, homeless shelter, lousy soup in a food line, a lot of disease, when it gets down there, they'll be ready. You know, I was thinking as they're just going to let people out of prison and stuff. You know, to run things. In the book Lamb that I wrote, they let all the prisoners out of... How's this for prisons? They let all the criminals out of jail who ended up running the city of Los Angeles. We far from that now, right? Was that predictive? He sure was. But see, it doesn't matter what I say or what people like me say. We don't exist. You know? And it doesn't matter what anyone says because people are going to go their own path of least resistance until they can't do that anymore. And in the end, I do believe, look, in me I got the truth. It's just normal for that to be in me. No one's convincing me of something. I'm not convinced of one thing or another. Nobody convinced me about Jesus or about God or about uh the Bible or about the world or about world history. No one, no one, no, no one uh, influenced me at all about any of it. Be- 
the reason being is because it's all right there. There's nothing to justify. There's nothing to amplify. There's nothing to teach on. It's already there. It's like my happy, safe place, my happy place within. Can't go anywhere else. Nobody there is waiting for me, be nice and, oh, great conversation. <laughs> I mean, what are we going to do? We don't have that luxury. We're basically hunkered down and we've got ourselves and, and you know, and... We have our own little sanctuary for now, and we got oxygen and hopefully some food and something going. But, you know, that's, the, you know, and we've got the unction of the Lord just waiting for us to heed. I was just seeing somebody cooking soup for, you know, people that are disconnected. They've lost their homes, they're wandering around. Just cooking soup, just handing out bowls of soup, you know, and 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 then now I'm imagining that the soup bowls become proliferate. Now instead of two hundred soup bowls, there's now two thousand, and still hasn't run out. Yes, yes, getting into the actual, because at this point we are leaving. Spreaker. Fair, farewell. And we are going to set it up somewhere else. Not quite sure how I'm going to do that, but Spreaker has been a dead-end street for us. They have done everything they could to make sure we don't grow. Everything. Everything. You know, and um, they're a really lousy operation. You can't contact them. They don't care about you. You know, and and if there are any complaints by anybody, they just punish you without any, you never get to see your punisher. You never get to, you, you state your claim, state your case. You never get to hear the other side of the argument. No, somebody said something, so you're bad and to hell with you. And that's basically, we've taken it in the face, on the chin, on the back, all these years. They lied to us. All these years, they've cheated us. So, good riddance. And, and it's exactly what should happen. Okay, I'm going to play this little track. To the puppet show. Life in tatters, blood on the floor. Voices scream, nothing matters. Death screams for more. Confusion by the box load dumped on everyone. Deafened by the noise, you never see us come. It's just another show. Yeah, welcome to the puppet show. Strings yanked every day. Listen to the puppet leader, he'll show you how to play. 
When his string is yanked, everybody do the same. Throw your hands above your head. Come on. It's just a game. When they open his mouth, your mouth opens too. And when they leave him in a pile, that means die on cue. But most often, the shifty puppeteer, the only one you see, listens to your questions. On your life, he'll try to feed. So you never saw us coming, but one day you will learn. When the puppet's strings are gone, and his soul we finally burn, we turn our eyes to you. We lust to have you see the face of true damnation. And how your screams can be You, you think this sounds terrible? You think that sounds cruel? Don't look at me You let me rule You had a way out, but you bought the fake, so now I'm here, your soul to take, still confused, let me be clear, Your eternal death lies in a full-length mirror. A full-length mirror. Okay, well, that's uh, the Michelle Archer poem. Thought that was pretty good. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to be taking off here. I um, I think I'm kind of looking forward to a new beginning. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to be, how it's going to be. But I do know one thing. There will be a chat room. And there will be a chance to get together and pray and do all that. And we're just going to keep on keeping on. I, that's all we can do. But to expect that the road, yeah? Not hearing your words come through. Well, they'll come through. Are they? Yeah. So the, the thing is, is that expecting this to be a real smooth ride is, you know, that's an ex- exercise in futility. I can tell you that. Nobody here expects that. I so anyway, just uh, a word of caution. You know, the thing that I love about Jesus is the word transformation. Things can change in an instant and even faster. 
and I, I know there's a lot of people that they, they get desperate. Please pray for me, please. Talk to me. I need you. I need your help. But you know, sometimes you don't have the luxury of that. But then it's nice to be taken care of. And how do you mean taken care of? It's hard to explain, but you know you're taken care of. You know you're cared about. You know it matters what happens. You know people that you meet too. A lot of times are uh, sent by the angels. And they're just the right person to meet at that right time. And I've noticed a lot of that going on. So with that, I will bid you shalom. And I will talk to you next time. Why did they make it so difficult? Can you not see well, that? Well, that's better now. There must be some way out of this. It's better now. It's much better now. It's better now. It's much better now.
You have no right over my soul You have no right I know you're mind controlled And your soul is gone I know you're just a servant of darkness I'd settle the 